0: We go inward in order to go outward. We have been systematically trained all our lives to sever ourselves from our own wisdom, from our bodies, and from our intuition and discernment. I'm Karen Hibner. I'm a spiritual director and podcast producer. I help women and folks of other oppressed identities heal from internalized oppression and trauma and go public with their wild and wonderful contribution to this world so that we can all heal together. Through spiritual direction, we can realign with our intuition or inner knowing and tap into the self-trust necessary to move confidently through this life. This is how we heal. After we realign with ourselves and the wisdom that is inherently in us, we go public so other folks can experience healing too. In this space, we'll explore all the different topics that come up in moving toward your most authentic self as well as deconstruction and rebuilding beliefs, and how we grow in self-trust, self-confidence, and realign with our own inner wisdom so that we can go public and bring that wisdom to the world. Welcome to this wild and wonderful journey with me. I'm thrilled for you to heal and go public. Hi all, do I have a treat for you today or what? But before we get into it, I want to remind you to register for the HEAL program. If you're in your own process of deconstruction or post-deconstruction and desire some more support, this group program is for you. It's a group program with elements of weekly group direction, a course of all the foundations for wondering around beliefs and identity, and a community forum to fight the isolation of deconstruction and loss of community. The program opened on August 10th, and I'm going to close registration soon. I've decided to do quarterly registrations because your girl cannot market this stuff full-time. So if you've been interested but are deferring the decision to outside circumstances, here's your nudge to practice your own agency and autonomy and pursue your healing in the way that you desire to. You'll find a link in the show notes to register. But on to the episode! I have such a treat for you today. My incredible client, Mackenzie Watson Four, agreed to an interview to tell you all about her journey in and through spiritual direction with me. We talk about truly being heard, being a creative on the journey, moving away from the religion she was given, but also maybe not, and how spiritual direction has seen all of it. I'm so grateful for Mackenzie's willingness and openness to share Please hold her story in honor and love as you listen. And if any of this resonates with you, I hope you'll schedule a discovery call with me and sign up for HEAL. Oh, what an absolute gift and honor to be here today. I am so thrilled to have you in this space and for you to share a little bit of your story and your journey. It just feels like such a wild and amazing gift. I have gotten a journey with you for two years and it just, I, I'm absolutely blown away. I'm absolutely so blown away and so gifted. Our, I leave all of our sessions just so absolutely, oh, uh, I was going to say lit up, which just is, is just such an overused and terrible phrase, but really like genuinely like just fired up on existence and life and all of the things. So thank you. Thank you for being on the journey with me. I'm so thrilled to have you here. <laughs> Sorry for being so chummy. Mackenzie, thank you for being here. Will you just tell us a little bit about – even if you just want to tell us a little bit about you, but if you will tell us just a little bit about your background and how maybe you found yourself in spiritual direction, wherever you want to take that.
1: Absolutely. So it is really fun to be here with you especially. I feel like this is like a two-year anniversary celebration almost. I was thinking about it getting ready and I was like, man, looking back, looking forward. And I kind of can't believe it's been two years because it feels like it's just flown by. But then I think about the amount of transformation and kind of all of the ground we've covered and it's really stunning. I had wanted a spiritual director for a long time. I grew up about as standard evangelical as they come. I don't know if that's bad to say, but from VeggieTales to Awanas to Breakthrough to Youth Group like five times a week. All of the things. And I kept going with that for a long time. I went to a Christian college in the Northeast. I majored in biblical studies. I planned on being a youth leader because I had really loved youth group. And I went and did a volunteer service corps after undergrad. And I am a writer. I do a lot of narrative work. And it's weird not being able to pinpoint like a particular climactic moment that. Where things stopped fitting together but I had such a seamless experience of construction for so many years. And it was like, I couldn't keep maturing with it in some ways. And I was starting to feel those fissures. Maybe it's the misalignment that we talk about between held beliefs and functional beliefs or different kinds of things. But I wanted some guidance from someone who wasn't just going to give me canned opinions and someone who wasn't just going to reiterate a belief system in a way that felt like they were saying it for themselves more for me. Like I'd had, I'd worked with mentors before. I'd worked with spiritual leaders, with people who were investing in me. But every time I brought my questions, it felt either so academic or like there was this prescribed answer and so prescriptive. And so I had, I had wanted an experience like this for so long. And it, it's been, I, I, I met with one other spiritual director before I met with you and very kind woman. I'm sure does wonderful work with other people because I it was right before the pandemic and there's this literary structure of the heroine's journey and one of the stages is that you keep asking for help and being denied and that's just what it felt like over and over and so I met with this woman in a coffee shop and she was very kind and she was like, oh, I have a son your age and At the time, the only thing I could think of to say was like, I hate my job. I don't know. Like what, how are you going to respond to that? And she was like, well, have you prayed about it? And I was like, oh, let's never meet again. (laughs) (laughs) And then a global pandemic happened, which I'm not saying to suggest that I willed the global pandemic into existence, but it's funny recognizing how much I come from a background where like we're encouraged to interpret these happenstance coincidences that have major implications for so many people. And there's a time in my life when I would have been like, "Ah, provision of the Lord, a pandemic keeping me from seeing that spiritual director ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And just to think about how absurd that sounds for one thing. But then I, I had a good friend who passed me your name and I distinctly remember the first time we met, you asked me two questions, which were so key for me. You asked me how I felt about you using Scripture or the Bible in this space, and if I had preferred pronouns for the divine. And both of those questions spoke such volumes about your practice that the space you create is not about regurgitating received narratives, but it's actually about like exploration and experience and uncovering and courage in those spaces. And that was so, so meaningful and has been so transformative. So that's how I got here.
0: Oh, thank you. Gosh. And you recalling those questions, what a gift to me too. But the intention of spaciousness for folks that – especially for folks that have not experienced that spaciousness and really crave it and need it, that is my intent. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. It's not often in this practice that I – ever get feedback or get to hear those things so it's not to make it about me but that's an incredible gift so thank you thanks for sharing a little bit about about your background as well I think a question too that I have is also and this is a really tricky one for some folks and I would say it is for you as well but like what categories or what descriptions or like how 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 do you describe where you are in a spiritual way right now It is such a
1: tricky and such an interesting question. I am really interested in the way the label evangelical continues to like self-perpetuate in culture. I, At this point, I'm really interested in evangelicalism as a cultural phenomenon. And I still use that term with regards to myself to kind of speak to a world that I come from and that I partake in, spiritually, oh. <laughs> probably don't check all those boxes. And I do think there's a certain mindset in some of those spaces that it's very much about box checking and gatekeeping and like, okay, well, mm. we went down the theological checklist. Mm-hmm. Can you sign off on our doctrinal statement? Can you sign off on our behavioral statement? All the different ways that we as human beings want to group And to differentiate between in-groups and out-groups. And Mm -hmm. I find a lot of hope in not having a label, particularly for where I fall right now, spiritually. And I think that is definitely at least somewhat process-oriented, I feel like I'm still doing a lot of this deconstruction work and recognizing all of the different ways that my old beliefs shaped other beliefs and shaped my life and kind of disentangling a lot of that. But that's not to say that I expect to unweave everything and end up at like a little stake in the ground that says, you made it. Here's your new label. Have a badge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As nice as that would kind of be. But, like nice in the really shrunken sense where we take comfort in in having everything like be chopped up and labeled and boxed and set and finalized and I think increasingly, as we've journeyed together, that's not the that's not the image of the divine that I Continue to get like it's a, there's so much more ambiguity and there's so much more indeterminism. So, a lot of kind of flowy, <laughs> abstract gray spaces, really.
0: Mm-hmm. You're gonna laugh at this question. Would you consider yourself a person that is comfortable with the flowy gray spaces, or have you always been? <laughs> Give us a little bit of a description of that. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't
1: like those phases. I am a rigorous practitioner of binary thinking. Not that I recognize that as like always the most helpful framework anymore, but I think it characterized a lot of the ways that I was taught to see the world, chopping things up into good and bad and right and wrong and do this and don't do that and also practicing a lot of pressure with that like every everything I did had so much pressure in it all the time because in every single second you're either growing into more or receding into less and every day you're living a little more or dying a little more and you must always be making the best choice for everyone and everything Mm -hmm. which is very not gray space and not flowy and it was destroying me. Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say, like I became so harsh with myself and so demanding and experienced like so much anxiety and just couldn't, it was immobilizing and learning to inhabit spaces that have less explicit outcomes or explicit associations has been very strange because I was so used to avoiding those spaces or seeing them as useless, dismissing them, really.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But there's been a lot of grace in it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm, It's beautiful. So then you told me a little bit about kind of how you came to find yourself in the spiritual direction space. I would love – can you tell me – One, I've been thinking a lot lately about what brings people into the direction space as far as like what questions, what it is, because I feel like even if one, finding out that spiritual direction exists is a journey anyway. And then two, like the list of like why people put that you would see a spiritual director on their like websites and stuff like that can often be like kind of a like limiting thing, like it's either like grief or like these things that sometimes we don't always identify with. So I think one, like what was your thing that you were like, oh, this is (laughs) – and maybe you don't have a thing, but you can answer that in a different way. But what was your thing that you were like, oh, I think I need spiritual direction, and how did you find out about it? So two questions at once. Sorry. Hmm. I'll answer the
1: second one first. I think I found out about spiritual direction – from books. I read a lot and authors like Lauren Winner, Donald Miller, maybe I read all his books, his earlier books when I was much younger. Those kind of figures were these like aspirational Christians for me. And I wanted to be just like them and cool, just like them. And they talked about having a spiritual director and they talked about it in, I mean, not far off from the way I've experienced it, but like having this level of intimacy and this sense of guidance that I was really envious of. And in my experience with seeking, like, folks who could mentor me spiritually or guide me spiritually, there was so much about it that was very generalized. Let's read the Bible. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I reached a point where I didn't know where to go with that. You know, it was like... (laughs) And this is all my conditioning because I'm about to say, maybe I'm just not a good enough Christian. Like, <laughs> oh, if I if I don't feel like I'm growing, if I'm not close enough to God, like the problem is probably with me. Mm-hmm. Who knows what hidden sin I have in my life. We could take a couple months out of the year to try to dig it up and invent some reason mm-hmm. why it feels like the divine is totally inaccessible and these yes. generic solutions don't feel like solutions to me, but everyone else is emperor's new clothing their way through acting like they are. So that was like a environment for a long time that made me, Mm -hmm. I'd heard about spiritual direction referenced in these books. And I was like, I want that because it sounds different from this. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of actually finally making the leap, I think, I think there was something that felt serendipitous about I knew someone who told me about this other person who was a spiritual director. And it was like, Oh, well, I've wanted that for a while, but never actually gone after it. Sure. Good enough time to try. Mm -hmm. And then that was not Mm -hmm. a great experience, but since I was already kind of looking for one, another friend gave me your name, Mm -hmm. another one of your directees. I think the other kind of prompt in my life, I'm married to an atheist, which was a big deal in my family. We met in Houston where I lived at the time, far away from my family, like a thousand miles away from my family and dated and fell in love and got married relatively quickly, like within about two years and my family went along with it. But then once we were into our marriage, it was like, okay, like I still consider myself a Christian in a number of different ways and you don't. And we have not made this commitment on the assumption that at any point you will, because I mm-hmm. think that would be its, its own form of toxic. But what does it look like for me to continue to invest in my faith and pursue being a person who is open to the sacred? And how do I choose to go after that? And So I think prioritizing spiritual direction was was acting on that felt need.
0: Mm, hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you thank you for sharing all of that and I just love hearing back from you like how it all looked and what like especially looking backwards right like how the process all looked so so then a little bit more into like what the actual process of not like less of like how we got here but what has the process of spiritual direction looked like for you in your life like that is such a massive question so wherever you want to take it I have never had anyone
1: particularly in like a spiritual director or spiritual mentor capacity listen to me the way that you do which feels astounding to say out loud but just to have a space where I was capable of coming and vocalizing what was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And to have you listen and hold space and hear the things that I wasn't capable of hearing is where so much of that transformation took place. I can think of so many different specific incidents Mm. when I would finish saying something and you would look back at me and both affirm what I had said and also invite me to hear something that I hadn't recognized myself say.
0: Hmm.
1: And like major realizations. I was thinking just this week about one time when I kept contradicting myself in session, I would like start saying something and then reconsider (laughs) and say something else. Which is something I've done for years and couldn't explain other than like a visceral commitment to indecision. And you were like, hey, Mm. I've seen people do this because they're trying to perform for me. Like they're trying to give me the right answer. And you went on and you Mm. said, I don't think you're doing that. I think you're trying to do that for yourself. Like I think you're – and all the you statements like sound overly – um, confrontational maybe, <laughs> but you were basically like, I think you're so self-critical. You you are not even allowing yourself to finish sentences with yourself. Yes, And it was absolutely true. And I had never understood that as that before, but I had definitely felt the ripple effects of that all through my life. Like this intense self-criticism yes. and this constant self-doubt and this again, like sense of immobility of how do I ever move if I'm constantly self-critiquing and if everything is subject for judgment all the time, no matter what it Mm. is. And along with your observation, there was this question of like, does it have to be that way? Mm. Which opened up so many possibilities of like, it doesn't have
0: to be that way? Really?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, and and along with the listening, like just having – you be an external voice. Be able to name those times that I have assumed it has to be that way, and you're like, no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like it, the you know these old beliefs about my role in the world, or about mm-hmm. so many things that it was just like, well, you know, someone gave me to gave this to me once, so mm-hmm. I guess I have to live by it forever.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: process of spiritual direction has been identifying those and saying like. Is that the belief we want to have? What kind of world does that suggest? What vision of the divine does that imply? And yeah. is that actually what we want to keep? Or yeah. maybe we can lay that to rest.
0: Mm. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I don't have reflection just because I'm just so bowled over by the beauty of it. And I I am careful in saying that because of the way that all of this is presented. Like this is my podcast about spiritual direction. I'm asking you to share your story and to share like these things about spiritual direction. And also I want to acknowledge and recognize in this moment that like, I don't really, I mean, when you were saying the listening piece, like that is literally what I'm there for. Like that is how I see my role is I'm there to listen. I'm to hold space I'm there to listen to my own wondering and bring to you what I'm wondering about as an outside source that is not in your brain. And the fact that that could be something for someone else is I'm still deepening into. In in some ways. I know that it's an incredible service because I get to experience it myself and I see what it I see what happens and other folks also. And I'm not the one doing any of the things, right? Like I'm I'm just facilitating the space. You're the one that's doing all of the work. So just to say that, because I want to acknowledge this like weird framework that we're within right now. But to say like that silence at the end of that was just because I myself am like bowled over by the process. Sometimes, and it just feels like so much goodness, so much beauty to get to be in the space. So I'll just say that and acknowledge that. I think to shift gears a tiny bit, there's a wondering that I keep having that may may open us up into a different direction or something, but you do, this is so specific to our dialogue. you do extremely creative work. and the topic of your work is not far from what you know a lot of your works like you have different you have different foci in different ways and like that kind of thing but some of the generalities of what your work focuses on is not far from some of your processings in the direction space can you tell me a little bit of what that has looked like. And I'm going to make the assumption that it's been a good companion for your creative work, but making this, making the assumption and the suggestion that spiritual direction has been a companion to your creative work. What has that looked like?
1: As you referenced, I do creative work. I am a writer and an artist and So I referenced being in Houston when I met my husband and we got married there and lived there for a while. And then just over a year ago, he got a new job at the same company that my dad was retiring from and my other brother worked at. So we very suddenly moved back to my hometown and lived (laughs) 1.3 miles down the road from the church I grew up at, (laughs) which was not... (laughs) Uh, on the agenda for, for last year. But here we are. So as a writer, I am writing a memoir right now about growing up evangelical and still kind of working out the framework of like, what's the proper format for that, whether it's going to focus more on a coming of age story or on this like weird reckoning that has happened since moving back to my hometown and spending all my time wandering around in this town full of my own evangelical ghosts. Mm. Just very, very weird process. And so Mm -hmm. to have spiritual direction as a companion process to working all of that out in writing has been absolutely indispensable. I You know, like writing is therapeutic, but it's not the same thing as therapy. And I think writing specifically about my evangelical formation and the church community that I grew up in, and it has felt like a very physical move back into these metaphysical places that I moved away from so long ago. Mm -hmm. The expectations that I had for myself when I was 17 and moved away the certain messages about like my body and femininity that i grew up with in this very particular place that have suddenly become significant again and just kind of that process of like re-confronting all of these things that i had been able to shove aside because i lived so far away from them mm-hmm. having spiritual direction as a place to bring those kind of reckonings that are so inextricable from my evangelical formation has been absolutely indispensable. I also see a therapist, you know, but mm-hmm. I, it's such a different practice. Like this is a space for for these reckonings that have so much to do with like the the deep spiritual parts of us and also like these deep identity parts of us that were in my case at least like were dictated by these belief structures. And being back in this place has, there are times where I feel like I'm walking into realizations on the street and it's like, oh, hang on. Why have I never thought about this before? Like, what is this moment? And then to be able to bring it back to this space and get kind of your reflection on it is so helpful because they're not necessarily things that I had recognized before. That felt really abstract. (laughs) I'm trying to think of a better example.
0: No, that's uh, that's absolutely beautiful and perfect. And and two, that like those things, like when those things pop up on the street, your brain has been wired in a way that you don't necessarily have the most kind, loving, like grounded or like, you know, like thoughts around it. Like, so then to be able to bring it to a space that you can throw it to somebody and, and then, then be like, Oh, like, I don't know if that's your fault. Like, <laughs> yes,
1: yes. Like it, in some way it feels like one of the functions of spiritual direction has been so that you can intervene in these toxic self-blaming cycles. Yeah. And coming back to where I grew up and being in such a different position now, like there's this element of almost like physical dissociation.
0: Yeah.
1: And times where it's like, because I think there's an element of gaslighting when people deconstruct their evangelical faith. And yes. And there are moments when I feel myself deviating even the the implications of that as a verb like deviating from who I was taught mm. to be when I was younger and then it's like mm. am I am I just being selfish? Am I just being irrational? Am I just being impatient? Like yes. All of these different questions and so to be able to come to someone who whom I trust and to also know like you know you're not some cloaked emperor palpatine trying to like sway me to the dark side to know that you your it feels weird to talk about your goal because i think part of what makes this space really wonderful is that you are not exerting an agenda on any of your directees mm-hmm. but like with that you're not over here like i'm running evangelical camp 101 <laughs> like you know <laughs> which i think is what some people in my life kind of fear Mm. and so to have a space where it's like we are still I am still pursuing a transformative relationship with the divine and I can do that and that is not exclusive from but even includes dismantling these harmful self-blaming structures that I was taught Mm. and that I labeled as part of a relationship with the divine
0: yes yes Absolutely. It is so tricky to talk about, like, that there's no goal in spiritual direction. And also, like, I want everyone in this space to be able to access love for themselves and, like, that kind of thing. It is such a tricky thing. But yes, I am neither side. I am not worried about your salvation. And, (laughs) and... Like my last guest said too. Like I also push on. Like if you get to the the end, right? We don't subscribe to linear journey models in this space. But if you get to the end of this life and you find that it is that that you subscribe again to, like if you if you call yourself if you're super comfortable with a, a Christian doctrine and all of that, and you go back to where you were in a different way, that is not not my goal like that is not my goal that is not not my goal like my (laughs) I don't have a goal in that way my goal is that everyone that I sit with is able to access their truest form of self that they can access at this time and whatever that belief looks like at this current season in this current moment of life that is what we're drilling into so I appreciate you saying that and that that comes out and lives in the space and that that has been advantageous and beneficial for you and your journey, especially where you come from and hopefully for where you're going. I think that you, you answered this for sure in some ways in that description, but just to make it you know more linear for our brains in some ways, what have you been able to access through having this process in your life for yourself? Or what has changed for you since having this process?
1: The amount of change since we started meeting together has been so massive, like you just said. And that's not, I mean, there are a lot of circumstantial factors there as well. Absolutely, yes. And I think this has been a driving force, particularly because of what you just said about accessing deeper layers of myself. So many layers of what I actually felt and how I had actually responded to all kinds of things from like supplemental doctrines to these learned habits of how to move through space and how to people please. I think my, my daily life was just filtered through yeah, like passed through so many filters of like, is this okay? Can I say this out loud? Who will I upset if I, like all of these layers of what I thought I had to do in order to be acceptable.
0: Mm.
1: And I distinctly remember a conversation that you and I had just before I moved in which I was talking about the church I belonged to in Houston that I really loved and what involvement there had looked like for me and some anxiety around, whether or not I would look for a new church once we moved and who would feel all these different ways about if I did or if I didn't. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you heard me and you acknowledged me and you pointed out, this was one of those moments of kind of wondering, you pointed out that all of the concerns I had just raised were like strictly social. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, huh, accurate. And I thought about it for a minute and it was like the wall behind my desk fell away to reveal this whole landscape. And I was suddenly like, how much of what I have been telling myself is my relationship with the divine has been these social concerns? Mm
0: -hmm. Like how
1: long have I been doing this? And I was Mm -hmm. reflecting on it a bit more after that and thinking about how You know, I felt in some ways like semi-neo-Calvinist evangelical, you know, that implicit messaging that I got as a kid was like, you're not good on your own. You were made good, but you're kind of corrupted. So you have to find some sense of salvation that is bestowed outside of yourself, some kind of external acceptance. It comes from God and it's free, costly, but free. So just like get some. But the means of doing that stayed so vague and so generalized that, the, the felt way of doing that was to earn the approval of all of my Sunday school teachers and all of my school teachers and all of my youth group leaders and all of everyone who I'd ever known and my biblical studies advisor and the bosses at my jobs. And it was when you asked me, when you pointed that out, rather, just about over a year ago, of everything that I had just said was social and not spiritual, that extrapolated out, I realized I had quite literally made people pleasing my religion yes and it still fit under that nice evangelical umbrella (laughs) yes but to start moving away from that and recognizing that it never accomplished what I wanted it to and Mm. it didn't allow me to be a full person and to start exploring spaces where I could bring my full personhood and And once I started peeling back those layers, you know, it was like, okay, well, what about this thing? Like, how is this serving me? How is this serving the other people I know? Is this contributing to a vision of the world and to a to an idea of the divine that I want to believe in? Or is it actually harmful and I've just put up with it?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I I think one of the biggest things that has changed is I feel like I have so much more agency in my own life. Like
0: Mm.
1: I'm not constantly self-blaming. I'm not constantly looking for external authorities to approve my choices or advocate on my behalf.
0: Mm.
1: I get to make my own choices and like Mm. evaluate things on my own Mm -hmm. and so much of that has come from cultivating the sense of like what if it's not all about pleasing some distant patriarchal god way out in the nether clouds Mm -hmm. but what if like is it possible to actually believe that there is an image of the divine within me and to listen to that and to allow that to be my guide instead of erasing myself and seeking guidance everywhere else
0: Yes. Ooh. Buh. I know. I know. And that's the that's the that's the gosh, that's I mean, I can't say enough what a gift it is to hear you kind of review your own kind of journey through this space and how this space has intersected your life and your other spaces of life in in different ways. That's just such an incredible gift. I felt kind of a desire throughout the whole time too, because your nature, I mean, you can take things very existential, right? And like, but then also, I mean, just to say, like to list off some of the things we talk about in the space, like, and and I won't go too crazy, don't get scared, but just of like, I mean, we talked all about productivity one. Like, I remember a session like where productivity was a thing rest, productivity V rest, like, (laughs) you know, and what that, and what that looks like and where all of those, the, there are belief roots to all of that stuff. And purity culture, purity culture is something that we talk about a lot. I know that that's a big piece of your writing also, and like your processing and your research too, especially. And that's the thing I think that it's just so, I was going to say earlier too, because I feel like in a way, a lot of us were given that You take care of your spiritual wellness, let's be real, like religious, uh, uh, I don't know. Conformity. Your religious life. Yes, conformity. (laughs) Thank you. I was like meeting the standards by reading, journaling. It's all these very self-propelled things, right? Like it's these very self-propelled things. It's very isolated. It's very – which I know you could – you have – I'm certain a lot of actually very like beautiful and concise thoughts on all of that, as far as the like self-focused and like independent piece of, of religion in Western culture and especially in evangelical Christianity. But that's what so many of us are given is that it's, it's the self-propelled practice in your room and you're even pray, like pray alone, pray like, you know, all of that. And to invite someone else into all of it is uh, a really intense thing to do and also with spiritual direction because with and I'll, i'll 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 speak honestly too with certain spiritual directors you're not just getting another voice to speak into like to, that speaks into the journaling spaces and speaks into, you know, where all the other processing happens, but that it really is a space that you're able to, and I'll speak for me, I'm able to really process, like actually toy with things, actually wonder at things where there's also another brain there to, like we said before, kind of couch the past narratives couch, you know, or or dive into the past narratives. Where is that coming from? What voice is that? Whose voice is that? Is that really what you believe about yourself? All of those things. But just love, I think, just noticing that you can do the really existential and you can talk about the abstract and the really big things. But then we also can get really into the functional things of how is this belief manifesting in your life right now? oh, like that's a view of self-belief. Like that's a view, like that's an identity belief. And it's manifesting this way of like, I don't know if I'm allowed to lay in a hammock all day and read like on my rest day, right? Like, I don't know, like, I don't know. But then, but to dive into those things and say, why? Like who who told you that you're not allowed to do that? And that, that has such a ripple effect into everything else that now, that was way early on in our process. Now you stand in a place of, that you just like, you decide, like you decide and you're and through the process of your direction, you're deciding which voices. And I know that it's, it's a lifelong journey, right? I'm in the journey too, of which voices get to be the loudest, which beliefs are in, which beliefs are out and all of that. And that, that power is incredible. That is self-liberation right there right? And and I know that even in all kinds of different dialogues and contexts that liberation is such a important thing to you. But to also encourage you and to frame it in that way too of that your dedication to this journey and spiritual direction being a piece, part of that, that you are on a self, like you are on a liberation journey. You are liberating yourself every day by rewiring your thoughts and rewiring your beliefs and renovating your interior world. And my God, like you're changing the world by doing that change in yourself. And it's just such a gift to get to be on the journey with you. That was like such a big rant. I'm sorry, Uh, but no,
1: it was great. And it, it, I mean, it's, it's such a gift for me. I, This past Easter, I was reflecting and thinking about how transformative it's been to meet with you and to have someone who can step into those really intimate spaces and say like, hey, are you hearing yourself? Like, is that really, Mm -hmm. you know, not to call me out, but to make me aware, especially of the ways that I was doing violence to myself for so, so long. Like with that self-propelled aspect of of evangelicalism, the whole like, read your Bible, do your journaling. It If that self-conversation is toxic, it could just go on rattling like that for like 20 years and no one will yes. know. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, you're such a good Christian because you journal all the time. And you're like, yes. oh, you're never gonna see what it says. But yes, yes, I am. Thank yeah. you.
0: And and I like and like, oh, I actually really hate myself. But thanks, like, I'm a great Christian, right? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
1: and and like, it's weird to say I was there for so long because I didn't consciously recognize it. Like, like, mm-hmm. I was. Being rewarded for doing a good job at all the things that had been asked of me. And I could make myself perform in that way because it is what I had been taught I should do all the time. And like so much depended on it. And so to be able to pry that all open. And again, just that sense of like, it doesn't have to be like this. Like this. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do this. This isn't how it has Mm -hmm. to be. So on this past Easter, actually. I was. Thinking, and I asked myself ish out loud, like, gosh, could I imagine <laughs> what could have been different if I could have had spiritual direction like this 10 years earlier? Yeah. And not in any kind of way of like regretting the 10 years that happened in that interim, but. Mm. I was looking for it. I needed it. I needed someone to ask my questions to. But because I didn't know if it was safe or I didn't have that person, my questions were like, hey, this footnote in my study Bible says this about this obscure verse in 1 John. Mm -hmm. And to just think of like, I mean, if some of those patterns could have been stopped early you know like i just it's so 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 vital Mm. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. i could talk to you all day and especially if we opened up the dialogue to more of a theorizing space i could talk to you forever i just love the way that you're processing things the the words that you use everything just incredible so With that pivot there, if I know that folks are going to love this dialogue, I know that folks will desire to connect with you in some way if they identify with your story. How can people connect with you or follow your creative journeys?
1: I would love that. There are a couple different ways. I have a website that I update sometimes, it is mwatson4.com. So it's the letter M. Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N, four, like in golf, dot com. There's a little blog on there that I update sometimes. And then I have two Instagrams. I have a personal Instagram. That's crazykenzer14 with Ks. So K-R-A-Z-Y-K-E-N-Z-E-R, the number 14. And then I have an Instagram for my watercolors because I watercolor affirmations and sometimes crochet cat couches. And that is M. Watson Made. So it's M-W-A-T-S-O-N-M-A-D-E.
0: Amazing. And we'll link those up in all of the show notes and stuff too as well so that people can get in touch with you. Mackenzie, what an absolute gift and honor. I can't tell you enough how grateful I am to be on this journey, on this planet with you. You're an absolute gift. And I'm grateful that our lives have intersected in this way. So thank you for that. And also thank you for being here. Thank you for your willingness to share your story and your journey through spiritual direction and everything with me and this audience. And I know that that is good and fruitful. And I'm honored. I'm honored that you would. So thank you. I'm
1: honored too. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm Karen Hibner. I'm a spiritual director and podcast producer. I help women and folks of other oppressed identities heal from internalized depression and trauma and go public with their wild and wonderful contribution to this world so that we can all heal together. Ready to work with me? You can join my program, Heal, right now. The program is made up of an online course of all the tools and schema I use in spiritual direction sessions to empower you to access the most liberation for yourself right now. In addition to that, with the program registration, you get access to weekly group direction calls and an online portal to connect with others on the journey. I also include access to a massive resource list and library with all types of bonus content and everything I've ever read or consumed on my journey of healing. I also offer one-on-one spiritual direction packages for one-hour sessions every other week for six months. The support for your spiritual journey that you receive from spiritual direction is unprecedented. It's a space where you can be 100% honest and 100% you while you process through what beliefs you were given, what you actually believe right now, and how to get your functional life more in alignment with current beliefs than past beliefs. It's so good. If you're feeling like it's time to go public through podcast production, We can't wait to take your podcast to the next level and get you producing content consistently for your audience and therefore changing the world. Use the links in the show notes to jump on my email list right now and get all the free value I can possibly give in emails and schedule your discovery call with me today so we can wonder together at how you're feeling invited to heal or go public. Be well.